0: Hello, Osha here. Uh, just a quick note at the start before we get into this very important episode of Dad Pod. Um, sleep deprivation does wild things to you. And one of those things is it makes you forget to put the mic input in the right button on the software so you end up recording on the microphone that's sitting on the other side of the room instead of the microphone that was in front of your face. So I'm going to sound really roomy in this one, but that's okay. It's still a very important episode. Listen with someone you love. Here we go. You your in? The it's Dad Pod, Dad Pod. Hello, welcome to season three of Dad Pod, Beyond Sleeping In. This is episode five, the as yet unnamed episode, unnamed episode about sex. So you've already read the episode title which we are yet to come up with.
1: Yeah, we got a bit funny about we had some very obvious things to do with sex. It's like we don't want to scare anyone off or make them feel like icky about it, but it's something that we felt we needed to talk about. But as always with Dad Pod, I just want to tell a little Dad story, a little anecdote uh, about my first ever uh, experience with gastro.
0: Baby Gastro.
1: Baby Gastro. Has that happened this week, has it? That That's, happened this week. I'm... Sounds like
0: a terrifying superhero from an Incredibles franchise.
1: It f- was like a, a terrifying uh, villain from a superhero franchise because, well, firstly, I had some things happen earlier in the day which made it a confusing and slightly alarming bout of Gastro. Iona was playing on some play equipment. She slipped, fell, bumped her head. Oh. Uh, you know, she got a little bit a little bit of a raise in her head. She sort of cut her lip and stuff. Nothing She was crying straight away. You know, I attended to her after about 30 seconds of tears went away and she wanted to keep playing. So I thought, well, doesn't need ice, seems to be okay, doesn't seem to be affected by the bump in the head at all. About six hours later, my sister and my niece come to meet me and Gem and I for dinner. We go, uh, my my 10-year-old niece gets to pick where we eat. She picks Johnny Rockets (laughs) because there's guys on roller skates. We go to Johnny Rockets. We sit down in one of those 50s booths. And Iona immediately spews Exorcist style all over the table. And we're like, oh, geez. But she seemed fine after the spew. She sort of just like spewed and then went back to giggling and laughing. And, and so we thought, well, she'd just been playing with my niece and we'd been throwing her in the air and she'd had some fizzy drink. Maybe it was just a bit of an upset tummy. So we put our orders in and then she spewed again. And then we we're like, okay, that's a bit unusual. Maybe it was just the last of the, the fizzy drink. But then she spewed again. So, as the burgers were coming out, we said to the dude, can you bag those up? We're really sorry. We're going to have to, like, take her back to the hotel. Also, can you please clean up this spewing? And sorry for coming into your restaurant, not tipping you and spewing, like, four times (laughs) in this boat. So, we go back to the hotel. Now, in between the spewing, she seemed fine. So, I wasn't immediately alarmed. But in the back of my head, I'm like, she did bump her head earlier in the day. And I know that, you know, concussion and nausea can be related. So... We call the nurse on call, which is a number that you new dads, if you have any concerns about a a kid with a temperature or any kind of strange behavior exhibiting, great way to test the water before you go to the hospital. Because sometimes as a new dad, you sort of will jump to conclusions. This is a great way of avoiding Google and WebMD or any kind of Google searching for symptoms and getting some advice. They said, look, we would ordinarily say that's probably just a tummy bug, but the fact that she bumped her head means you should check her out. So we have to go to emergency. Oh, no, this is in Melbourne. Yeah. And emergency, I'm not sure if you've been to emergency in the age of corona, but only one parent in, like Dad Pod, one parent goes in or do leave or whatever. Uh, we couldn't both go inside to leave Gemma and Iona in there. Long story short, turns out they weren't worried about concussion. Apparently, concussion symptoms manifest very quickly. Yeah. If your kid has got a concussion, they'll let you know about it. They're either sleepy, uh-huh. you know, irritable, they're complaining about their head, touching their head. None of those symptoms manifest in the first four hours. It was just after that. But they said, this is the thing about gastro kids' or immune systems aren't at the level of us. So... Right. You're taking to your, your kid all those places where lots of other little snot-nosed kids are running around like playgrounds yeah. and parks and shopping centres and whatever, and they're just absorbing bugs. The good news is it passes very quickly. A bit of anti-nausea, she was fine the next day. But i got to say, man, watching a baby vomit with the unnerving calmness of a serial killer Because I don't know what you're like. When I throw up, I have to take the rest of the week off. I hate throwing up. It's the most – it sucks. I get really down in the dumps. I don't want to do anything afterwards, I feel like. But she's just like – she was spewing and getting back to business, spewing and getting back to business. Like, she was in her cot spewing on herself. It was fine. It was very, very alarming. When I used to drink, I could spew without breaking step. And didn't bother you? Not at all. Just all par for the course. More room for beer. Has Wolfie had gastro? He has. Right yeah how did it manifest for you similarly right yeah yeah. he seemed normal and just started puking yeah and then
0: just yeah proper solid like uh, meaning of life monty python <laughs> kind of skews. mr
1: career so uh,
0: mr career so yeah yeah and then just whatever you yeah, know i'm just off i go on with my day and hey, she's better now though
1: she's fine i mean 100 fine the nausea tablet stopped her throwing up and then her <laughs> appetite was back and that's what the nurses actually said to us is like Get used to this. This is the next few years for you when your kids start staycare, when your kids start school, is kids pass each other bugs like this. And until they build up that immunity, they're very susceptible. The good news is it passes through quite quickly. It's just you're going to be dealing with a lot of spew and a lot of diarrhea, (laughs) which brings us to the topic (laughs)
0: of sex. Because nothing makes you feel more like, you know what, I'm so in love with you. We made a beautiful child together. I remember the time, I remember the moment of conception. Yeah. I miss you. I love you. I would love to speak to you in a way that I can't use words for. I'd love to make love to you right now. Hang on, the baby's vomiting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I've still got a bit of poo on my hands. <laughs> Did you put the laundry on? Are the bins out? Well, Have you sterilized the bottles? Oh, I'm asleep now.
1: <sighs> Suddenly, yeah. a lot of other things uh, take priority in the relationship.
0: Yeah. But it, there's a lot. I remember growing up, I went to an all-boys school, and there was a lot of rumors and and uh, horrible things said about vaginas. None of them are true. I'm just going to say that right now. Once you, and I've heard men say it, you know, once you see the baby come out of the vagina of the woman that you love and also that you've worshipped at many a time, it's difficult to ever look at it the same way because like, oh, a a baby was in here and now (laughs) here I am again. (laughs) There's no baby here this time around. So depending on how the birth went, you may be waiting quite a while mm. um, before
1: having sex again. I mean, well, doctors I should recommend at least six weeks. Six weeks,
0: at at least. Yeah, I don't think either.
1: That's of with them. a textbook birth.
0: Yeah, and I don't think either of us, either Audrey or I, were keen to go any sooner than that.
1: Um, six weeks seems very soon. I was surprised when that bit of info came. Six through.
0: weeks. When you consider what you know, the size of a child, and I don't care how much of a bloke you reckon you are, your penis is not the same girth <laughs> as the head of a baby. I really don't care. Um, that, that's going to take some recovery. And depending on how the birth went, you know, depending on how many stitches were involved or, you know, if there was any trauma or something like that, you're probably going to be waiting a little longer than six weeks. So if you're kind of a, a giant man who's feeling a little, you know, but what about my special time? You may have to remember that it's not about you now, pal.
1: Yeah. Well, there's some other things to take into consideration as well, which are, we talk a lot on this show about the ego check of being a parent. Like generally when it comes to sort of your kid is the fact that, well, you know, maybe the kid wants mum more than it wants me. Yeah. What we're talking about here is an ego thing, which is like, does my partner still find me attractive? Are we ever going to go back? You're not going to go back to how things were. That's impossible. You know, you now are a family yeah. or a family unit, but you've got to remember that there are things going on like uh, hormones, are being secreted by your partner now. Like estrogen is elevated, Mm -hmm. and so that means she's experiencing hot flushes, there's night sweats, there's dryness. So there's stuff going on that you can't actually see, which is affecting your partner's mood for whether or not she wants to have sex. Mm -hmm. There's also oxytocin, which is especially good at preventing the libido, inhibiting the libido, particularly when your partner is breastfeeding. So you might be thinking that it's about, you know, your connection, but there's stuff for your partners going through that you're not even aware of, which is affecting her libido
0: So there's there's no point really trying to go for you know putting on the Drake record.
1: And <laughs> <up> <laughs> it's kind of, I, geez, that was my next question: Is what's your go-to album? Is it Maxwell's Urban Hange Sweet? Oh, that's a good. You one. You seem like a Maxwell's Urban so that's, that's, a, that's a
0: good. That's a bit, a bit older for some of our listeners, though. Yeah, right. It's Twenty-year-old yeah. Okay. Yeah. Putting on a bit of Drake.
1: Or no, I like to put on a bit of Glenn Miller. In the mood.
0: Um, yeah, it, it's, it's not quite like that because what you're talking about is there's actual biological, it's like the starting sequence for a 747. There's certain switches that have to be flicked in a certain order before the plane can even get moving off the ground. You are saying that because of a hormonal shift
1: shifts within her body, like... The it, usual stuff that you do isn't going to work.
0: Not gonna, no, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You're not, you're not going to get there. Yeah. And it is a, it is an ego check. But at the same time, you're also managing your partner's body has changed so much and... You've got to be aware of the ego on uh, and the sensitivities on their side as well. Like yeah. they may not feel very attractive. They may feel like none of the clothes I used to wear fit me right mm. now. I don't look a thing like I looked when we conceived. Uh, yeah, you know, and that was only nine months ago. And so it's how can you balance the conveying the feeling of intimacy and and love and affection with someone who may not be receptive or is receptive, but it's it's a tricky one, man. Well,
1: here's the thing. I did a quick survey knowing this topic was coming up with Gemma, and I was like, was there anything that I did or could have done in that early three-month period that would have made you, you know, more uh, open to intimacy or even just sex aside, even just that sense of closeness? Yeah. And she was saying it's really just about ramping up the stuff that you would do pre-baby anyway, which is – providing support and encouragement. An important thing for her was actually giving her a cutout from time to time where she could Go to the hairdresser, for instance. Mm. You know, she's been sort of wearing a dressing gown for like a month. She feels like she's just been this feeding machine. And Mm. don't get out of the house and feel like herself again, maybe catch up with some friends. Sort of return to a level of normalcy because she's been a mum and she's had this little creature attached to her for the better part of, you know, two or three months. And so little things like that allowing her to get some sleep i took over night feeds at about three months which meant that she started getting more sleep so she started to feel more like herself Uh i mean it's a lot to ask for to say hey can you be the primary caregiver and can you also like give some attention back to me like if all her physical and mental attention is going to the baby it's going to be hard for her to find the room to give it to you but if you want to give her a a chop out in some instances then i think maybe you'll get something back I think you're
0: you're absolutely right there. And that's a really important thing. But, again, it's also come down to ego to put yourself aside. And that's a real part of a lot of this. If it's focused upon you and what about my pleasure or, you know, I haven't had a wank come on in so long, I wouldn't wank. Is that
1: the voice you use? That's exactly the (laughs) voice I use.
0: That is the voice I use when I talk about not wanting to have a wank. (laughs) Um, You just stand aside. Let your ego recognize it and go, okay. All right, that's me wanting to
1: fulfill my selfish pleasure. I mean, this you know, is good advice, baby or not. Yeah. I think, really. I mean, that's what you're sort of just talking about is being like a good supportive
0: yeah, partner
1: just, in yeah. general.
0: And, but uh, here's the thing by doing that, you are then creating space for the desire yeah. for intimate connection with you to return for her. Mm. Uh, by giving her the space and not being, well, when, now, <clears throat> how about tonight? Yeah. How about tonight? How about tonight? Totally. No I one want wants that. that. Nobody wants that. Just Everybody play was, it cool, man. It'd be super cool. And, look, we're going to speak to her later in the show, and I'm really excited about this, but Yumi Steins once said to me, Yumi Steins had four children, and I'd just met Audrey, and Yumi and Audrey and <laughs> I had, we were all in the same, I think we had a barbecue or a picnic or something like that, and... She saw that Georgia was there. Georgia was quite, you know, she was about 10 at the time. And she goes, oh, you guys are going to have more kids? I'm like, We've seen each other for six months. She goes, don't worry. Vaginas are magical things, she says to me. And I have done some field research in okay. this uh, department. And oh. I can tell you, yes, vaginas are magical things. A muscle like any other that can be trained and honed and toned and, uh, and flexed.
1: When you said you've done some research...
0: Um, I can report from my own findings (laughs) (laughs) that vaginas indeed are magical things. But it does take – I'll let Yumi talk about it, but there's there's some exercises that are very important for your partner to do, not only for her sex life but also for continence Mm. later in life. Uh, Talking about Kegels. I believe I am. Yes. Very, very important, super important, and it's important to encourage your partner to do that. When it does get to that moment, though, when you finally both decide, we probably should. Because, look, I'll be honest, the first time that we had sex again, it wasn't very romantic. It was probably
1: like… Opportunistic. It was like, everyone's asleep. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's like, holy shit, we have a moment to ourselves for the we first tra- time. And it wasn't like, I love you
0: so much. It was just like… Let's do it. <laughs> should we Should we try? <laughs> should we try? Should we just see see what it's like? I personally, I was quite concerned that I was going to cause some amount of pain. Right. Discomfort. For Audrey and we were both kind of like, "What's it going to feel like?
1: What's what's this, what's going to happen here?" I was not. <laughs> no? I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> we're open for business, baby. <laughs> Things are back." When I got the green light, I was like, "Thank God." I mean, I think an important thing with all that too is that first, at least the first month, when you've got the baby in the room next to you in like a a, a cot or a snuggle bed or something like that, that is going to completely change the dynamic of your bedroom, right? But then when you start moving the baby into its own space, that's when I think if you want to sort of think about it in stages, like first month or, or so, baby in the room, just all about baby. But then move the ba- when you start moving the baby out, then you can start doing those little nice things. Well, well why don't I take over the feeding here? Or yeah, yeah. how about I mind the kid for an hour and you go out and see your friends or you go for a walk or, or do that kind of stuff. And then when you're getting to around about the three-month mark, maybe – the baby is asleep, got, went to bed real early, it's been a couple of hours, you think you're in the clear, yeah. that's when you can start putting on the Maxwell's Urban things. <laughs> because <laughs> I thought,
0: you know, I'd, I've had pets
1: for most of my life. Oh, my God, where's this going?
0: <laughs> like, you know what it's like. You remember when Junior would just sit on the edge of the bed and stare at you? Yes. When you're like, yeah,
1: I was like, I'll, I'll deal with it.
0: <laughs> yeah. When your dog or your cat is, is sitting
1: on the edge of the bed, staring my, at you. My concern was always that he was inhabited by uh, the spirit of a dead ancestor. <laughs> that <laughs> would really throw me. It's like, oh God, like so, grandparents it, it ring, is, and is, my grandparents been ringing up. It is equally weird <laughs> to be in the middle
0: of making love with your, your partner and looking over, and there's like less than a meter from you is the baby. It was a bit odd at first, and I mean, we've got two kids, so the art of very, very quiet sex has been. Mastered.
1: Did you ever? Did you ever? Uh, did you have like a code, or were you happy to say it out loud in front of the baby because it doesn't understand? You know, um, some people use like code words, like "hey, let's go night swimming" or something <laughs> like that. No, <laughs> boys want to go night swimming. <laughs> something like that. Weird. Dude. Uh, okay, That's right, <laughs> made it weird. So it was. It was
0: kind of odd, but you know, then you've got the we had a white noise machine, so that did help a little bit.
1: Right, uh, with, with we, we we couldn't do it with owner in the room. It was definitely like once she was out of the room, then we felt right. We could, we could relax, right? But that's also that's me pre baby as well. I've never been oh the thrill of getting caught kind of dude. I've never been like let's have sex in public because I want to get caught. Oh, that's no. never been me. I like no, no, no. four walls and a door that locks. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh
0: no, it wasn't that. Was that it wasn't it for me at all?
1: It was just yeah. like this is. I mean, no, what no. Was, so I wasn't <laughs> suggesting that that was your thing. Oh, thank I'm you. I'm just, glad. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying in general, I like it to be you know yeah. just us and yeah. you know not to have to think about anything else. We, so you weren't worried at all about any discomfort or you know? I don't think so because and look, this is very specific to my situation. But Jem had a very good birth with very right. few issues, and she was feeling quite good. If anything, she maybe went back to exercising too soon when uh-huh. her abs hadn't knitted back together or anything like that oh, so right, right. but it was nothing to do with any of the reproductive organs it was just more about you know her physically yeah um but no and look i've always been the kind of guy who waits for the other person to initiate i've uh-huh. never really been a hey you know uh, I'll right. put the hard word on i mean i just think that i'm a bit lazy like that <laughs> you know I'll, I'll wait for the other person to let me know it's on by the time we did get into
0: a bit of a rhythm, I did notice, you know, there was a difference in how things felt. My wife had clearly given birth between the last time we had sex before Wolfie was born and the first time we had sex after Wolfie was born. But it did not take very long. Goodness, it was only a couple of weeks and I noticed that things felt different each and every time. So those exercises really do work, is what I'm here to tell you. And that, But they're also very, very important for continence uh, later in life, which was what I was talking about. Now, one of the other unintended consequences or perhaps intended consequences of sex after childbirth is more children.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I didn't think of that. <laughs> Damn it.
0: Uh, now, I pretty rapidly, I, I went and got my, my vasectomy because that's it. Shop's shut. I'm, yeah, I'm done. But there's people in my family who have three kids under three, mm-hmm. you know, because... the, the whole, hot, They call that
1: a hot streak. Yeah, the
0: whole... The uh, Irish twins, I believe, as well. <laughs> uh, Irish triplets. The you know the idea of like when you're breastfeeding, you can't get pregnant. No, not exactly real. Right, i, I never heard that. Yeah, well, it's one of those things. I'm I don't worry. You're breastfeeding, myth. the hormonal things are different. You won't ovulate. Right. Um, not true. Yeah. What
1: did you guys do? Did you use contraception again? Uh no, no, no. We just, uh, I think we just, we just. I mean, we're happy to conceive again. Okay, so all it right. wasn't a bigger concern for us. Um, but no, we just played the risky game. Actually, right. We played Russian roulette.
0: Yeah, right. Because it's, it's important that people... Well,
1: I needed a dad pod a uh, <laughs> year, year and two months ago. I didn't know. No, but it's it is important that people understand that.
0: ovulation starts happening again pretty soon. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, right. And uh, you become definitely at risk of, of falling pregnant again pretty quickly. Okay. And if that's not on your plans, and if you'd like to space things out a little more, then you're going to need to <laughs> get talk to your doctor about some options that may be, may be available to you. That could be an, an IUD, which actually can happen like right after giving birth. Like they can put the IUD in while you're there in the room. What does IUD also, stand for? Uh, interuterine device, I believe is is what it's called. But that just that needs a professional person to to ins-
1: And that's not like an IED that blows trucks up on the roadside.
0: No, they're two very different things. <laughs>
1: no, no one's genitalia is getting exploded, are they? No, it? thankfully, okay, I'm good. grateful for
0: that. <laughs> um, uh, women can also go back on the pill, yep, or on the pill for the first time of the want. But there's also an implant that you can get that just sits under the skin, really, on the, on the forearm, yeah, just a slow release of. Um,
1: Hormone. See, you can tell I was raised Catholic. Bloody hell. None <laughs> you of have, this. You're one of nine. I'm guessing <laughs> yeah, that birth no. control wasn't a hot topic of chat. Birth control what? What do you call <laughs> this? I'm uh, familiar.
0: <laughs> so I, I went and had a vasectomy, which I thoroughly recommend. It was a little uncomfortable for a little while, but-
1: um, Ice pack on the nuts.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And
1: sitting down okay?
0: Yeah. Oh, no, that was all fine.
1: Exercise bike, no good.
0: Uh, riding the scooter the day after, probably not a smart move because <laughs> my balls were quite swollen. And, and as, as I went over bumps and my nuts are banging on the bike seat <laughs> as I'm fanging through traffic, it was like, this was a bad idea. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it was a, it was a, a
1: bit Hey, of, is that the guy from The Bachelor? Is he crying?
0: <laughs> yes, I was actually. Uh, but only only about a week. The, the thing, the misconception with vasectomy is that it works straight away.
1: Nice pun, by the way. Misconception.
0: Thank you. So it was brilliant. I'm, I'm coming out of surgery, and he gives me the sample jar, and he says, "All right, mate, I need you to ejaculate 20 times. 21 goes in here, all right? Because you've got to clear the pipes.
1: Ah, right.
0: So the pipe. Some of your boys are still live in the pipes. All right. Yep. They, they've already been. I says, I need you know shoot 20 rounds. Twenty-first one goes in here. We'll look at it on the microscope. Don't do anything. Keep using contraception until you're all clear. Oh yeah. Now the opportunity to get twenty ejaculations happening between the baby and work. If I was a teenager, I could have done it on the bus home. Yeah. <laughs>
1: In between English and maths.
0: Pretty much. But I'm in my mid 40s <laughs> yeah. and I've got a job and two kids. I'm like, it took a long time, man. Yeah, it took right. ages to. And I was counting them. I was like, i really got to
1: get back on. So after each deposit, do you take in that deposit in? So it's like. No, no, no. no, no. The so 21st just... one goes in the jar. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. They need the 21st, then they, they check and. Yeah, okay, yeah. Rah, can, yeah. Cool. So you yeah, have right. to. They don't work. It... Did you lose count? I would lose count. Um, How did you keep track in your phone? <laughs> like. <laughs> there's an app. I mean, <laughs> if I go into your office, I saw like, you know, people in prison, they put their lines with a dash through Was it. it one of those? Something like that. Yeah, right. It was
0: It was not uh, long uh, before I went to Fiji for a month of work. Right. So I was away from my wife for a month. So I managed to work through most of the time
1: <laughs> while I was away. In, <laughs> no NBN though. No. No NBN. That is the old imagination. God damn it. <laughs>
0: Charlie, I'm very happy to say that our special guest dad this week is another one of our favourites, mum dad, Yumi Steins. Welcome to the show, Yumi. How are you? Yeah,
2: so good. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm
0: oh, very grateful that you can be here on the show. You're very busy. Your new book, Welcome to Consent, is out very, very soon, uh, late May, uh, Dr. Melissa Kang and you have written an incredible book. I've been lucky enough to have a read of this, Charlie, mm-hmm. and um, let's just say there's a few people at the highest levels of our country that could probably do
1: with leafing through it starts don't know what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, it, it's a consent book for people to get their heads around the concept because sometimes it takes a fair bit of explaining and there are some tricky areas with consent for all people. Uh, but this one is particularly pitched at those who need to learn, in this case, teenagers.
0: Mm. Now, we're talking about the kind of sex that happens with a lot of consent, the kind of sex between uh, mums and dads after baby has been born Yumi you have four beautiful beautiful children I'm I'm very grateful that you came on the show and that you were open to talking about this because I told Charlie earlier that the day you met Audrey you turned to me and you whispered in my ear are you going to have any more kids I said no you said don't worry vaginas are magical things
2: (laughs) (laughs) they are so magical I can't believe I actually said that that sounds (laughs) like a lie Osha no And you're right. Yeah, they are magical things. Right before um we started recording the podcast, I asked my partner actually, I said, Do you remember what sex was like right after the babies were born? And he was like, I think it was kind of the same, like just but like you said, a little bit more checking in than probably usual to make sure it was all okay and um sort of going a little slower probably than normal and a little gentler. But really, um, you know, if you've had a fairly unremarkable vaginal birth, I think you're lucky for starters, but also you can count on your body to repair.
1: Yumi, there's uh, the physical uh, aspect to take into account, but we're also talking about you know, the mental state of your partner and things that you can do to kind of put them in a a state where they feel comfortable, where they start feeling sexy again. Was there anything that your partner did for you that sort of helped sort of get you back into that mindset?
2: Oh, that's a lovely question because it is so much about how you're feeling mentally. And, you know, soon after birth, or even if it's been a few months, you can feel a lot less sexy. It's not just being tired and sleep deprived. It's also like the big pouch of belly you might still have. It's the sort of leaky, female milkiness that you kind of you feel sort of almost excessively ooey gooey and um and that can be like sometimes that can be quite sexy but sometimes not and you almost want to apologize for being so um porous you know there's just stuff coming out everywhere uh and it can be a little confronting so for a partner to even ask is really thoughtful and um I think that in my experience, my partner just always thinks I'm really sexy, <laughs> heavily pregnant, uh, freshly delivered a baby, you know, tired after work, or in full makeup and, and gown. He kind of just thinks I'm like the hottest <laughs> thing ever. And communicating that is, you know, it's very reassuring that the the, the love is not really about being a hot body, you know, and you know, a worked out athlete femba. It's just kind of about being a good person who connects on a kind of whole level with this other person. But to, I think, usher your partner or to go together through the journey of having sex for the first time after a birth, it is worth having conversations that you might not have ever had in your entire relationship up to that point. You know, you've gone to the birth doctor's appointments. You may have gone through miscarriage together. You may have had all kinds of things happen, but never really communicated bluntly about sex. So you could say like, can we just try doing everything but penetration this time? Or, you know, do do you even want to be touched there? Are there things that I could do that aren't about P and V sex that you'd enjoy and just kind of go gently down that path so that they feel like you're not all about getting that you know, that sort of heterosexual end goal thing that we're kind of conditioned to think is the main event for sex, but it doesn't need to be.
1: I mean, a lot of it is really about romance. I mean, Osh and I were just talking about how you're never going back to that relationship that you were pre child, that was a different life. You are now a family, your family unit. I know for Gemma and I, uh, like three months into having our daughter, we took a holiday together in Byron Bay and sort of just being out and about as a family. Like sex came later, but it was more about sort of finding out who we were in an environment that wasn't just about feeding and sleeping and working. You know, we were on holiday, you know, we were out in the sun. It was kind of about building that intimacy and that relationship in a different environment to the home.
2: Yeah, and not just talking about the bottles or the nappy washing. But what you described, Charlie, it's also I can picture it so clearly because you're out in the sun, Mm. you're getting a little bit of oxygen because you're exercising, even though it's just gentle walking. So you're starting to feel more in your body. And with a woman who's just given birth, she can feel a little bit like her body has run out of control. Um, there's a lot that you have to surrender of your own autonomy when you've had a baby there's people prodding you the birth process can be a complete loss of control in Mm -hmm. ways that you didn't predict that's incredibly humbling and sometimes upsetting and then the post birth kind of phase can be um, like why am i all (laughs) floppy and why can't i bring it back you know i used to be so lean and fit and strong whatever so yeah so just kind of feeling like you can take back a bit of ownership of that body. The baby's not on you for that moment. That's when you can start to feel that really key kernel of sexiness that it might just start small, but it can grow into something as time goes by.
0: Not long after Wolfie was born, Yumi, I remember you talking to me about, you, you, you said something like, oh, uh, buy her a package of, of sessions with this particular, what was it? Was that, they were they were a physio? Because uh, you, were, you were all about, muscular rehab of the pelvic floor can you talk a little bit about that and why it's so important
2: yeah I didn't really know about this until recently myself Osha so in some European countries they used to make this part of what Medicare would supply to a woman who's just carried a pregnancy even you know to halfway and then there was a miscarriage or a a termination but particularly for women who carried it the whole way to term, the pregnancy, is that there's just been a lot of strain on her pelvic floor. And there are specific, dedicated physiotherapists that deal with your pelvic floor, which is basically a, a hammock of muscles that's sitting your, in your pelvis. And there's a little gap where uh, your poo comes out and a little gap where, where you menstruate, you can have sex and babies come out of as well. And so you can work on those muscles just as you'd work on a a strained hamstring or something. And they can uh, give you metrics for how you can repair that. They can measure if it's stretched, they can measure if you're getting stronger there. And they're often really so thoughtful and considerate. So for somebody who's gone through a trauma, which I think giving birth can be incredibly traumatic, even if it's been so successful. So you can have somebody who's kind of nurturing that part that specific part of your physical self and giving you ways to help repair that in a really conscious way. So pelvic floor physios they're not like niche, they're not obscure, they're quite mainstream. It's just that a lot of people don't know about them.
0: It not only helps you with things like continence, but it can I guess it would give you a, a bit more confidence when it comes back to actually having sex again.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think creating a strength there that's going to serve you in your older age. It's something that you can start working on as a, you know, young woman, as a middle-aged woman, and it will pay off in years to come. Uh,
0: we, were, we were just talking about when it does, when the moment does arrive.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like the way he danced around that.
0: Well, <laughs> when the moment does arrive.
1: What a smooth yeah. talker. What a
0: smooth <laughs> talker. <laughs> when well, the moment does arrive. Was it ever weird for you having sex uh, with the baby in the room?
2: Um, I don't think so. No, I don't think so at all. I think like a baby doesn't know what's going on. And they're the product of a lot of love between the two of you. And there's something very intimate about it all. And um, yeah, I think it's kind of lovely. What do you think the biggest
0: misconceptions are around sex after childbirth?
2: I don't know about misconceptions, but I think from the women friends that I've talked to about this, there's a lot of fear. There's just a lot of fear that it's going to be incredibly painful, I think, and that your partner might not be considerate enough. So for the dads listening to DadPod, I think that they need to just really embed that knowledge that their partner might be afraid of pain and just go incredibly gently and and follow their cues.
1: I had a question too in regards to self-esteem, You know, like your partner's self-esteem, the way she views herself. I know for Gemma, She had this desperation. She's a very active, fit person and she wanted to get back into exercise and she went too fast, too early, overdid it before she'd had a chance to kind of properly heal. Is there exercises or something beyond sort of just like a gentle walk that you would recommend for a a woman who's looking to kind of get her physicality back without having to go all the way to Pilates classes or something like that? (laughs)
2: Yeah, I have a few things. Walking is great though. Walking's a really good thing to do. You can do it with the baby and with your partner or by yourself or whatever. But I did find swimming really gentle. And also, I don't know what it is about swimming. I think it's just the, the movement of your arms above your head, but I got such great endorphins mm. um, from it. It was like, woo! I'm not going... <laughs> oh, that was great, you know. And so I think anything that can make you feel that good it's really beneficial. But, of course, if you've had a caesarean or if you've got an infection, you can't get in, in the water like that. I'd say anything that connects you with a horizon, which is a bit of a hippie thing to say, but if you can sort of take a walk where you get to see a whole horizon, it just makes you feel better about everything.
0: And, Yumi, just finally you have four wonderful children, the yep. question of birth control after childbirth. What did you do like after Nook, your eldest, was born, and how did that change to now?
2: Yeah, so I used an IUD for a lot of my a lot of my life, and I found it so good. So an IUD is a tiny little implant that they stick in your cervix, and it stops you from getting pregnant. It also stopped me from menstruating. So for ten years, I didn't have period products in my house. Um, so a friend might say, have "You got a tampon," I'd go. No, um (laughs) but I was really scared after mercy so my kid who's six now that I would accidentally fall pregnant so uh, I got straight onto it with that saw my GP right away and it's funny the disparity that you get between doctors some are like you're breastfeeding you won't get pregnant but midwives nurses female doctors will say do not risk it. You can easily get pregnant. I've seen it happen dozens of times. So I just use whatever you can, including you know abstinence, condoms, whatever you feel comfortable using at that point in your life.
0: Well, we've gone. We've gone the whole hog now. So I've 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 gone to see the man. The shop's closed. We're done. Oh yeah, snips, snips, babes.
1: Yeah, I'm,
2: we did too. It was great.
1: I'm continuing to play Russian roulette. Gemma <laughs> and I are rolling the dice, baby. Come on, snake eyes. <laughs> is that what you call it yeah that's what i call my penis snake <laughs> <laughs> <It's like> eye <I. laughs>
0: yumi uh i'm so grateful that we could talk to you about this it was very difficult to do an episode about sex after um having a baby when neither of us have a vagina so thank you so much for sharing your perspective and thank you so much for being a part of the show yumi's new book it's called welcome to consent i've read it i'm very grateful to have read an early copy of it it's amazing i wish i had been given a book like this when i was a teenage boy it would have made my life a lot less weird yumi you're amazing thank you so much for being on the show
2: thanks fellas bye
0: if you want to email us it's really simple Dadpod at gmail.com you can also find us on instagram dadpodgram charlie this is an email that's coming from jake uh just come across uh, the podcast after having two young kids love the stories and advice you guys give I'm not writing to provide wisdom. I'm just listening uh, to some old podcast, and I'm near the start of Charlie's That's Awesome, which is a fucking great podcast, might I
1: add. On indefinite hiatus.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's really good. Thanks, man. It's a man. really, really good podcast. And I often, and I'll say this right now, that the episodes you did with your mum before she passed away are an incredible gift and a resource that I've pointed many people who are in a similar situation
1: to. Oh, thanks, man. To,
0: and it was, it's such a gift that you've given that to people.
1: Well, if any dad pod listeners want to find it, you go to tofop.com. You'll find a link for That's Awesome. Every episode right there.
0: Um, there's an episode that you've done with Cam Knight. And in that episode... Previous
1: uh, dad podcast.
0: Childless Charlie does a quick quiz with Cam who has two kids <laughs> along the lines of, is having a dog similar to having a kid? <laughs> I thought that now Charlie has a daughter. He could do the quiz himself. Okay, great. Comparing Iona to the late junior.
1: Okay. So uh, you can ask me the questions. So here we go.
0: Uh, question number one. I know how many shits my dog has taken in a day. Is this like having a kid?
1: Yes, I know exactly how many shits my daughter has taken in a day. She's had one today, one solid, healthy-looking poo. And you know what I'm going
0: to say? Having both
1: dogs dogs
0: and, and kids, I am way more interested in my kids' shits. As it should be. Yeah, yeah. I can't tell you the consistency of my dog's poos.
1: But also your dogs are going off to shit where you, like, you've got a yard and stuff, so they could be shitting, you wouldn't know about it.
0: Yeah, well, i pick them up with the dog poo tongs.
1: Yeah, but you don't know if that's a day-old shit or today's no. shit.
0: Oh, but when we lived in the apartment and I would walk them around, I'd be like, oh, whatever. Okay. A bit runny. Yeah. But now I'm like,
1: oh, cool.
0: <laughs> uh Two. I get annoyed when he doesn't eat when I feed him. Is this like having a kid?
1: Yes, 100%. We're at lunch today and she all she wanted to eat was chips. Wouldn't eat any of the veggies. I have to feed her like a bird. I literally have to put sticks of, like, cucumber in my mouth and lean forward like a bird. To, so it's a game where she'll eat them because otherwise she just eats chips. Uh, question three: Junior
0: prefers his mum. Is that like having a kid?
1: Fuck yes! <laughs> <laughs> my god, I was way ahead of my
0: time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So far, you're three out of five. Let's see how we go. If someone broke into your house and gave your dog a steak, you would win them over. How long do you think it would take for your child to notice if you swapped Charlie over someone else if they did all the same things? What? I so is that my yeah, god? Someone broke into okay. your Gave your dog. Basically saying, uh, if someone broke into your house and gave your dog a steak, they could win them over. Yeah, yeah. How long do you think it would take for your child to notice if you? Swapped Charlie over for someone else
1: and they oh. did all the same thing? ah! Uh, I think she maybe half an hour. <laughs> okay. if, they, if the criminal came in and took half an hour but they had toys and milk yeah, and they yeah. put the wiggles on, half an hour she'd be one. Truck a hat,
0: beard, yeah,
1: and blurt. no, wouldn't even have to look like me, just put the wiggles on, you're done. <laughs>
0: okay, question five. So but so far, we're three out of five. Yeah, I lock him in the car when I go to the casino. Is this <laughs>
1: okay? I think that last question was a joke. Uh, no, I would only lock her in the car if I was going to a concert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so
0: three out of five don't though. lock your
1: kids in cars it's a joke everybody a do joke. not do that it gets no, very hot
0: do not do that no or your dogs convertibles fun. no no don't do it um, so having a dog is a little like having a kid yeah but not nowhere near no
1: it. nowhere like okay. it. and i'd say that look in, in some ways having a kid is easier than having a dog as someone who travels quite a bit Having a kid, you can take a kid on a plane, you can take oh. a kid to a hotel, oh, yeah. you know, you can. Eat, but some work situation, you can even bring your kid, dogs aren't welcome like that. No. And you don't have to necessarily worry about your kid like biting someone else and giving them rabies. Not mm. that my dog had rabies.
0: No, but I was at the park near your old house the other day yeah. and one strange kid bit another kid.
1: Oh, really? Yeah.
0: And I was like, how am I going to protect Wolf from this weird Lord of the Flies <laughs> situation going on here? There's no parents anywhere. There's this four-year-old just bitten a
1: five-year-old. Ah. Now someone's crying. And not your, but not Wolf. It didn't bite Wolf. No, 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 no. You no. just observed but
0: it. But I'm like, I'm terrified of that part because they're the big kids. They're rough. <laughs> yeah. It's frightful. Yeah. Um, I
1: don't know what to do. I don't know. Maybe just hire a bodyguard of some kind, there. That'd be awesome. If, if there's um, a movie
0: in that. What movie was b- it? Baby
1: Bodyguard? No, it'd be like it was, the one with The Rock. There was someone. Dwayne Johnson is. Dwayne Johnson is, is Baby Bodyguard. <laughs> there's not enough of that. Charlie Cox
0: <laughs> is. <laughs> so, anyway, thanks for you, my man. Really appreciate it. Ask dadpod at gmail.com.
1: We're also on Instagram. Uh, you can find us at dadpodgram on Instagram. So, if you want to message us there, you can as well. You can leave a comment under each week. We post a, a link to the latest episode and sometimes yeah, a soundbite. Uh, but, Osh, we've come to that part of the show that we like to call the Dadpod Hall of Fame, where we induct a father from popular culture, into the Hall of Fame. And this season we're focusing on father figures. So not necessarily biological dads, but men who have become dads uh, through association. And uh, if I was to tell you that this father was a hermit who lived in a cave and waited a long time for a young boy to come visit him (laughs) and then handed that boy a toy for him to play with and learn, (laughs) you might think it sounded a little dodgy until I said that man was one Benjamin Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, he lived in a cave. He did live in a cave. On Tatooine. On Tatooine. And he waited, he kept a watchful eye on young Luke Skywalker, son do. of Darth Vader, a.k.a. Anakin Skywalker. He did. So let's run through the attributes that made him a good dad. Gave him a present.
0: <laughs> yes. Straight up. Yeah.
1: Taught him about the force. Yeah, pretty good. I mean, that could be considered indoctrination into some kind of weird religion.
0: Yes, history
1: but... lesson, I guess. He's talking about the history of the Jedi. Yeah, fair call. Cool. But then he did teach him how to use the Force. I mean, is that kind of like pretty cool. if you're a Scientologist though? Like, is that like, hey, man, should read this book on Ron Hubbard? Well thing about and He didn't ask him for money. I guess that's well, one that's difference. difference. that's <laughs> yeah, the yeah. difference. Yeah, like if Obi Wan had hit Luke up for five hundred bucks so he could do a course on the Jedi, you know what? A- you know
0: what would make you better with this lightsaber? What? If you just did this extra course, <laughs>
1: you're so close. Level five will teach <laughs> you, you all be about. <laughs>
0: I I mean, move on only to three grand. grand. She's done it. Look how good she is with the lightsaber.
1: Made the ultimate sacrifice, allowed Luke and his buddies to escape on the Millennium Falcon by giving up his own life so he could become more powerful in the afterlife. I don't really know how that stuff works, but he did the ultimate sacrifice. And if you're going to be a father, you've got to be prepared to make sacrifices, correct?
0: The other thing why I really like Alec Guinness as a great father figure, great businessman, because... The only person on the entire cast of Star Wars who took points, points. on the gross.
1: Did he really? Fuck yeah, he Smart did. Man. Smart, Smart man. Smart man. <laughs> I think I called him Benjamin Obi-Wan Kenobi. I don't know if it's Benjamin. I think it's says Ben Obi-Wan Kenobi. Ben Kenobi. Obi-Wan. You can call him Benjamin. I'm not going to call him Benjamin. It's all about the Benjamins. He was all about the Benjamins. <laughs> doing his creepy bloody Thetan course <laughs> on the force. Ben Kenobi and your brilliant business manager.
0: Dad Pod salutes you, sir. <laughs> Well, that's it, episode five. We still haven't come up with an episode
1: name. Ah, uh, let's talk about sex. <laughs> the very first name we came up with with Isaac was too obvious and too shit. Let's call it Let's Talk About Sex. I'm, I give up.
2: We'll see you next week. Go to bed.